so good to see everyone today. Amen. And we have a host of our family that's taking advantage of our Logan weekend. And most of them will be online. God bless the New Life family that's online today, taking advantage of our celebration of our independence as a nation. Thank God for the United States of America. You're praying for your country? Amen. When you pray for your country, you pray for your leaders. The Lord promises if you'll pray for your leaders, he'll bring peace into your home. Anybody need peace in the house? Amen. That works. If you're turning and tossing and maybe you're not getting no sleep, uh, start with that. Lord, did I, do I need to pray for some of our leaders right now? Yes, they need our prayers, especially in the world we're living in right now. Amen. And I thank God for the freedom that we have for choosing who we can worship. Amen. Having freedom to make a choice and to vote. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. But when you get through with that, you still need Jesus, don't you? And so the idea of independence is, uh, we can talk about it a little bit, but it gets scary when you just don't, uh, I'm, I'm totally dependent on my need for Jesus today. Amen. So the title of the message, amen, is y'all independent? And just consider that for a moment, amen, because God wants to talk to us today about having clarity of vision. Amen. Every one of us, man, enjoy being able to see. Uh, blindness is not something we want to live in, do we? And yet, the Lord has showed me, even with my ability to see in the natural sense, that there's been times when I've been blind and I've influenced people in my life. And, it's, you know, the blind lead into the ditch. And uh, this, this should comfort you, you know. Failure is not fatal at New Life Fellowship. Amen. This is important for you to get because it's okay that a righteous man will fall seven times, but he arises. Amen. And so that don't mean you only get seven tries and you're out. That means coming to maturity. The Lord is merciful every day. And he's not... Amen. Given us a license to do stupid, to sin, to be a failure. Amen. He's letting us know that he's okay if we need our diaper changed as kids. And we need to be burped and we need to give some uh, room to grow and develop. And that does not stop. I need the mercy of God every day. And the reason that it's so important for us to know that the mercies of God are, amen, good to experience on an ongoing basis because our temptation is we might not give mercy out enough. Amen. And so we found out in the last few weeks that, that uh, we follow Jesus for a season. And some of you will be thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to follow him the rest of my life. Well, there comes a time when you have to realize that God wants you to have a knowing that he's with you and you're not stuck. You see, I have to come all kind of angles to get this settled in our spirit. 
And that's what the Lord shows me. I, I need that done for me so that I can get it. And so after you experience the fact, you know what? <laughs> the Lord's with me. I've been dropping the ball and he's still with me. I've been messing up and getting myself in a bad situation and I'm not stuck. He keeps pulling me out. And then your confidence in the fact that he's with you and you're not stuck settles in. And now he can really set you free from your greatest fears. Amen. He can lead you through the valley of the shadow of death so that he can set you down at a table that's been prepared just for you in the presence of you, who you think your enemy is. <laughs> Amen. Well, no, no. Right now, it's your enemy as far as you're concerned. But eventually, you'll be able to do what Jesus did when he was betrayed, beaten, and crucified. He won. And he was able to say to the one that appeared to be his enemy, friend. Anybody want to go there? And he sat at the table that was prepared and put together just right for him to be able to do for us what we needed him to do. And that was to go to the cross so that he could set everyone free from the slavery of the fear of death. Would we all agree with that? Man, I don't want to die. Everybody, if, you, if you're still fearing the, the day that you are put down in the ground six foot, God wants to get you over that. Now, and if you're not going to get over it right now, he'll work with that. He's just good and he's merciful. Amen. He, you can get to a place, anybody want to get there, you can get to a place where oh, I know that I know that I know. And amen, it's about serving God and others. It's not about me. And when I get there, all of a sudden, everything that I need is just taken care of. I'm blessed. Amen. And, 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 and the wonderful things of life just flow from me and you. We can get there. And I'm, I'm taking a moment just to pause to talk to you about, amen, the fact that, uh, that I need to be independent is not necessary. And again, let's digress so you don't, I'm not speaking against the opportunities we've been given here in this great nation. Thank God for America and the country we live in and the privileges we have. But we need Jesus. Amen. And I need clarity of vision so that God can anoint me at this table. And instead of me following him, I am now one with him. When you become one with him, and he prayed that in John 17, if you need some homework, you can do that, you can read that. He prayed that we would be one even as he is one with his father. And he had no problem going to the cross, even though he, he, he really would have preferred to figure out another way because it was painful. He did it with joy because he was in love with us. Are you in love with people to the point that death doesn't bother you no more? It has no power over you? And I can tell you, amen, that there's been times and places in my fellowship with God that I got to a place where it didn't bother me because I was in the presence of God on that level. And, and I'm, I'm kind of in a place with my wife that if, if, she, if she's going to get beat up, I, I really don't care about dying. I'm, I'm really going to take care of that fact. That's, that's ingrained in me. Amen. I, I guess it's something that God puts in guys that don't pick on my wife. I, I might make her mad, but you don't make her mad. Right? 
Is it is it anybody tracking? And so there there is there's a makeup, there's a DNA in us that the Lord wants us to deal with the fear of death with him so that we can become one. And instead of us following him, we're so one with him that goodness and mercy is following us now all the days of our life. It's so important for us to, to, to realize that God has a plan for us that's wow. And so I ask a question, um, if God be for us, who can be against us? And uh, we're more than conquerors in Christ who strengthens us. Amen. And so the trouble and challenges of life really move us into a place where we get a single eye and we become passionate about the direction we're going. And so I, I ask you a question here today. What do you see Jesus doing today? What do you see him doing? And if you're not aware of what Jesus is doing do you know that the Lord wants you to be aware of what he's doing? That silence is important because that question was important, wasn't it? What do you see the Lord doing? Do you see Jesus in the confusion of people that are in this world right now and they're really not paying attention to him, but he's right there with them? Do you see that? My question would be then, if Jesus is working in a world that is not subject to him, how is he doing that? Because the world really is not paying attention to him. And then a, a great percentage of the church is not paying attention to what Jesus is doing. And I didn't come to beat nobody up with a message like that. <laughs> but to challenge you to know that Jesus is doing some stuff right in the middle of trouble. Let me give you an example. I, uh, I went this week to, my wife and I went to check on uh, Craig and Wiki. And while we were checking on them, we had lunch with them on the day we were leaving, just before we left. And a situation developed, and the Lord talked to me with it. I, I pulled into a parking space. There was two parking spaces. There was a precious elderly woman about 70 years old standing there waiting for her husband to make the loop to get the parking space but there was a parking space open right next to it so I eased in there to that parking space and uh, I'm sitting there watching her and she's on her phone and letting him know she's there and he's making the loop but this millennial I'm not picking on millennials this millennial <laughs> I got three millennials. <laughs> Decided that he wanted that parking space she's standing in. And, you know, I have to deal with the fact, okay, now I'm going to be Jesus' son or I'm going to be this number one lens. Which one am I going to be? And it's a red light for me. Anybody know about my red lights? And you don't want to run the red lights, but I've, been, I've run more than I want to talk about in the spirit and and you're gonna have to pay the ticket because it's coming consequence is coming so uh i'm sitting there and automatically i feel like man don't pass don't go through this red light because i'm getting bothered by the fact that he decides he's just gonna drive right up and he and he would run her over he, the way he's coming in if she didn't get out of the way 
And so I step out of the truck, and the Lord said, focus on her. And I'm going to get a message through the millennial. And so I'm saying, I need to see you now, Jesus. I need to see you. Help me see you right now. He said, focus on her, and you'll see me. And so I got out of the truck, and I said, ma'am, were you, st- were you standing there to... And, and the man was getting out of the car. I said, would you stand in there to, waiting on your husband to come? She says, yeah. And she said it kind of like a grandma, you know. Yeah. I said, no, I'm going to back out. And I come stand over here in this parking space right here. I'm going to back out, and I'll go get another one. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And the conviction hit that millennial. Oh, it hit him. He said, man, I, I won't be long. I'll be, qu- I'll be quick. <laughs> I didn't. The Lord said, don't pay attention to that. I've got him. You take care of her. And I backed out. And I mean, I didn't drive nowhere. And there was a parking. I got right on in. And no big deal. Now, Pastor, why, why are you saying this? We're in a world that's not paying attention to Jesus. They're not subject to him. But he's after them. And he needs me and you to step into our true identity as sons and daughters and see him at work in all the trouble and the stuff going, don't, he's there. That's a very important point for us to get today because I'm going to give you three points. I try to break everything down in three points to help us catch it about how God wants you to step into being the son and daughter you are in the kingdom. And the first thing that we all have to come to grips with is suffering and trouble make us. Suffering and trouble make every one of us. Amen? And you and I are designed as sons and daughters to receive the spirit of the kingdom, to experience the empowering dominion and authority of that kingdom, and then become change agents in our world. We've been given everything we need to operate in his identity. We don't have to be perfect. That's why... Failure in my life is not fatal to God. It's an opportunity for God to reveal himself to me. Amen? And so as kingdom change agents, we're empowered to be one with Jesus and change the world. The world needs him, and Jesus is at work. You know what Jesus is doing right now? He gave us three participles of Matthew 28 19. Those three participles is go baptize and teach that's what jesus is doing going he's baptizing and he's how's he doing that through his body he's the one in charge but he has to have a body amen to put his head on we're the members of his body for people of this world to get the good news and to experience the authority and dominion they were created to have in the very beginning in water baptism so that they can take that dominion and authority, be filled with the Spirit, and be empowered with that authority and dominion so that they can too go baptize and teach. Let me say it like this. I want to be great. Anybody want to be great? Let me say it like this. I want to be great for my daddy, Jesus. Anybody want to be great for your daddy? The way that I can be great for my daddy is to make you great. 
If I spend my time serving you on a level that you become great, that's where my greatness lies. I can't be great unless I'm willing to serve my Father's purpose in your life that you become great. That's why the vision that God has given me in serving in his kingdom is my personally, I won't reach what I see, I, but I see you reaching it. I see you obtaining that because I can see it happening. And if I can shoulder you there, ah, brings fulfillment in my life. And I see daddy's treasure and I see his mission accomplished. Amen. And so right now, our world is beat up over suffering and trouble on every side. And in America, suffering and trouble is different than it is in a third world country. You know, they got suffering, they got troubles. But our suffering and our troubles is very emotional. It's, it's emotional in a third world country too. But, amen, ours happens in a domestic type way in our marriages and relationships. Amen. And, and, and people look good and they wear this mask. And the devil's got a bunch of masks in America. But people are beat up. And they're wondering if God even exists because they can't see him in the trouble. They can't see him in a world that's not subject to him because, amen, we're dealing with our own pain. But these things are what makes us and develops us. Amen? And so I don't know about you, but I'm not going to go and baptize and, and teach unless I know God is with me and I'm not stuck. But if I know that I know that I know he's with me, guess what? I'm going and I'm baptizing and I'm going to teach and make disciples for him. And so there's two things that we need to be aware of, the reason suffering and trouble as we know it exist. Number one, it wouldn't exist on the level exist except Adam disobeyed. Amen? He disobeyed. And when he disobeyed, fear came. Because prior to his disobedience, fear wasn't there. It's after he disobeyed what the Lord told him. Amen? And he denied God being Lord in his life. The Lord said something to Adam like, don't eat from this tree. The day that you do it is the day that you'll surely die. And so Adam disobeyed. And in his disobedience, fear came in. The door was open. Did you know that fear in my life is evidence that I've been disobedient? Just checking with y'all. Before then, Adam wasn't afraid of God. But all of a sudden, after disobedience, he's fearing a God that is love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of passion for him, the thing that's the apple of his eye. Prior to disobedience, Adam walked with the voice of God in the cool of the day. And they had a wonderful relationship. But now, since disobedience happened, the fear, the slavery to the fear of dying has come a hold of him. And he's running from God. He's fleeing from the presence of the one in the garden among the trees. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? So if you're dealing with fear on any level, it's the fruit of disobedience. Did you know correction is not punishment, but it's mercy in action so that we'll get connected and become one? <laughs> Say it like that. Let me give you an illustration. Nathan gave me permission. Thank you, son. Nathan likes to road. He likes to get in the highway. We had a, we had a highway where I live called Bloody 98. And as a little tot, he had a way of, he just, he, he, he smooth. Mom didn't even know he was gone. But, of course, he sees me leaving, he wants to go with Dad. So he's going to go find Dad by himself, and he's still in diapers. Wasn't one time, he does it two times. But I learned something about serving my son, Dathan, was that I needed to have a conversation with him and I needed to correct him, which wasn't punishment. He thought it was. It wasn't punishment. But it was simply me mercifully taking action because he can't compete with a 7,000-pound seven vehicle. Now, keep in mind, I know he's fast. I know he's strong. I know he can maneuver. But he can't compete with a 7,000-pound vehicle. So I didn't want him to die. That's a good daddy. I want you to live, son. Don't eat from that tree because you will die if you do. Right? And so I chose to get his attention and love him like Jesus chasteneth them that he loves. It's not punishment, but it's mercifully taking action to get you connected so that you can become one. Amen. And I needed my son to get a revelation that that car is not a healthy thing to get hit by. Does anybody want their children out in, the, out in Highway 35 right now? So I, I have found out from parents that, oh, man, I'll just keep, make them, give them time out. No. If, if you know your child's going to go out in Highway 35, time out ain't even a thought. No. We're going to give them a revelation because we love them, right? Correction is not punishment. Correction is act mercy in action so that we can get connected and on the same page and become one. This is the message that we're preaching today. God wants us to have clarity of vision. He wants us to become not sons that follow him, but sons that become one with him. For a season we follow so we can get a revelation. He's with us and we're not stuck. But there's an anointing waiting on everyone here with a single eye that God wants us to have clarity of vision. And so I proceeded to have a conversation and also add some fire to the backside. So that he could realize, you see, you feel how hot that is, son? That car's worse than that. That road out there, this is just a, just a small feeling of what that is out there. So when you think about that road, I want you to think about what's happening. I'm doing spiritual warfare, by the way. Turning the heat up on the backside. And you know the devil doesn't like it. I know this is not a popular message in our culture. 
But the devil doesn't like it when we love on our kids in a way that's mercy in action. Because he can't handle it because the kid gets a revelation. I ain't hanging around that spirit or that thought process. Let's, let's domesticate the devil for everybody here today. I'm not going to hang around that stinking thinking because it cost me some heat on the other end. Is that helping? Pastor Lowe's having fun today. So if you love your children, don't let the culture come in and eat the vision up. It's time that you and I determine that the kingdom of God that's within us, that culture is going to have dominion. Not the culture of our world that operates through the tree of knowledge of good and evil and intellect. We're just going to take God at his word and we're going to worship and trust what he's saying and go with it because it's going to bring salvation and hope to everyone in our path. I know right now that I'm pushing against the spirit that's in our world. And I'm not talking about being unkind to your children. I'm talking about loving your children. Have conversation, communicate. Amen. Always let them know how powerful they are, that they have, amen, a right to make a choice. Every one of the every one of our students, every one of our kids choose every day. Let them know, oh, you're powerful. But when you make a choice, remember, there's fruit that comes with your decision. There's consequences and blessings, cursing and light, whatever. When you choose, there's going to be something that follows the choice you make. And as parents, if we love our children, we start giving them examples of what blessing looks like and what death looks like and what life looks like and what curses look like based on the way we choose because the enemy wants us to cover over that there's even a God and that we need everybody to pet me and burp me and just let me have it my way, whatever feels good, let's do it. That's our culture. There's no way that my daddy, if I would have run up on that precious elderly lady and decided to take her out of the picture and put my car where she's, are y'all tracking? I, I can see my daddy rolling over in his grave right now. That, that's not cool. And I'm thinking, I, I, I agree with my daddy. I think I need to get out and teach this young man something. And I'm having a country boy red light now. And the Lord helped me see him in the situation. And I wasn't going to fix it through my country boy lens. Jack, you know what I'm talking about. That don't work. That's that kind of leadership that works. Servant leadership is what works today. And I could see Jesus and a precious lady, amen, letting her know that she wasn't being pushed out, that she still, and that she was in the wrong spark and she needed the one I was in. That was the will of God. And it was the will of God I back out, don't run the red light and drive over there to that other car space that just opened up and let that millennial muse on what happened the rest of the day and see himself from a lens that he needs to see that's not okay. You follow me? And the Lord said, I got him. You take care of her. I take care of him. You take care of her. Anybody tracking with this is important. You get this. Because we'll try to take care of things God ain't asking us to take care of. He said, learn to get vision and see where I'm at. 
Not that I don't still run red lights, y'all. And, I'm, and for the guests here, I'm talking about spiritual red lights. I hadn't. God bless the guests for being with us today. Amen. There's, there's consequences that come with that too. So trouble and suffering make us. So that step two, amen, we deal with fear. Fear will do one thing. It will get you disconnected from the body of Christ. Yes, it will. Fear has a way of convincing you that you need to self-protect, self-promote. Why would I do that? I'm guilty. I'm condemned. And who's making me feel guilty and condemned? Not Jesus. But he wears this, he wears this righteousness about him, and he makes you feel like it's Jesus telling you, 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 you messed up, you, you bad, you need a... You, and, and God is not saying none of that. And, and if he can get me separated from the body of Christ disconnected because number two is get connected get connected suffering and trouble make you but the reason suffering and trouble is there is because disobedience moved you into a level of fear that began challenging you to run from jesus just like adam ran from the presence of the one in the amongst the trees and we'll run from Jesus when we don't connect to one another. Pastor, why did you have to go say it like that? When I'm finding reasons why I don't need to be connected to you, that's evidence that I'm running from him. This happened somebody. All because I feel guilt and I feel shame. And so because I feel ashamed, I need to protect myself. And I need to self-promote myself. Got to take care of me. And the way I do that, I move instead of listening to the Spirit to introspection. I stop giving counsel to myself. And when we counsel with ourself, ourself has never done anything and told me anything that was good wisdom. Me leading me is messed up. I need Jesus. And I have found out that when I'm connected to you, he verifies, he confirms, and validates what he's trying to get through to me. So being connected is like these body members here. You take a body member off this body and the blood flow stops. Does anybody recognize that life is in the blood? Cut the blood source off and that body member is going to decay and go back to the dust. It can't exist alone. And the enemy's good at playing that card. And so I encourage everyone today, get connected. Get the blood flow that you need so that you can be blessed and experience life from heaven. Be a part of the church of the living God. At New Life Fellowship, we do growth track on purpose. Everybody likes to grow, right? Everybody likes to grow. And the way we grow is how we serve others and we're connected to the mission of the kingdom. I can't get to where I need to be in step number three if I don't catch this. And so we do that on purpose. If you want to grow, you want to be a part of the growth track at this house. 
And we're going to get real good at doing growth track at New Life Fellowship because it's about making people great. It's about serving them into their identity. Amen. We're not checking off boxes here. We're here to invest in and serve others to become who God says they are so that three, amen, we can become one with him. Amen. We have clarity of vision. We're beyond the idea of being a sheep now. We're now sons. And we're anointed, amen, to give goodness and mercy away wherever we go. One with him. My wife and I came here in 1992, but I can tell you to this day right now that this, this, this is what I'm talking to you about. You know, y'all independent? How's that working out for you? To talk about the fact that trouble and suffering is real. This should help you today when I give you this example. And I didn't even think about it while we were doing it. I knew we were going through some challenges, but I knew God was talking. And we had a support system of people we were connected with, amen, that helped us stay on course. Thank you, Jesus. But when God called my wife and I here to San Antonio, she's challenged physically in her body. And, 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 and logically, for us to come to San Antonio was don't do it. We're challenged financially. Logically, I mean, we don't have the resources we need to come. Logically, don't do it. But the suffering and the trouble that was in my wife and I's life and we were dealing with, we had the state wanting taxes from us, we didn't know, but they were convinced we owed it and we were in a legal battle. She's dealing with her physical condition with arthritis and, and it's just like, and, and all the while God's talking and his voice speaking to us because we had clarity of it and visions and confirmations and validations. In the middle of the trouble and the suffering, we could see him at work. And we said, yes, Lord, not because we were smart or intelligent. Saying, yes, Lord, was smart. We couldn't explain it, but we knew it was God. And we could see his hand at work in it. And we were connected to key people that were speaking life into us, confirming, validating. Well, you know, my, my, my sister Arlen had a vision and told me a vision of a, she said, I saw you and, and the family leaving a white truck and went through the details. And while me and Tammy's on our way out on the day we left Columbia, everything was, and she was standing like, it's happening right in front of me. But she's telling what God is telling her. And then other people were connected with people that are powerful in my life, father figures and mother figures in my life that are confirming what God is telling me and my wife, that connection was huge. Get connected. They were great people because they were making me and Tammy great. Did we deserve it? No, but we knew daddy loved us. And during the time of our trouble and suffering, my wife and I agreed that God was with us and we weren't stuck. We didn't know how he was going to do it, but we agreed he was going to do it. And we was going to be okay. 
vision. We became kind of like people said, man, y'all nuts. Yeah, yeah, we are fools for Christ right now. But we were at a place where we wouldn't just follow. And we, you know, we, we've been growing in this unity. We've been growing in this oneness. We've been growing in this reality that, you know, we're not independent. We're totally dependent on the Lord. And so we drive out to San Antonio by faith. No job. <laughs> a little mobile home slot that we didn't own. And we was walking by faith. And God was with us. How many things have happened since then that verify that in our trusting God, and by the way, y'all know I'm not putting no medals on my wife and I right now. We're telling you the stories that we can't explain why God loves us like that. We can't explain other than the fact he sees this. And he saw you, amen, sitting here today, amen, 29 years ago, and said, I'm going after him. Amen. And I'm going to use a couple that's, that's going through a storm, going through some trouble. It, it really ain't fair when you measure it, but it's making them. Amen. And I'm in the middle of it, and they're getting glimpses of me at work, and they're trusting me with the process, and they're staying connected. Amen. They can't figure it out, but they can see me at work, and they're getting a single eye. And I thank, I thank the Lord for, you know, my wife has confirmed to me often, because I hear talk to other people. If the Lord tells Dwayne something, guess what? He's going there. He's going to do it. And, and he may miss it, but he's going to keep pushing, trying to find that flow and that current because the effort is to please God. Have I made multiple mistakes? Yes. That's why I keep telling everyone here, I can say it with all my heart. Failure is not fatal in the kingdom of God. Making mistakes is all part of the process of learning. Daddy is with you, and you're not stuck. And it's the process that he brings us into that causes us to know who we truly are. Amen. And since we've been here, we've had trouble, and we've suffered. But guess what? We could see him in the middle of it. Amen. We had all kind of red lights from my lens, and I run several of them. And God mercifully said, let's try it again, son. I'm going to turn the red light back on and see if you can hold long enough to wait till it turns green. Is this helping anybody? Because does anybody like to fix stuff? And, 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 and I know how to fix it right, right? Anybody ever said that about yourself? Oh, I, I can fix it, or I can clean it, or I can whatever. The list goes on. I, I'm the one that knows how to do it the right way. And the moment I think that I'm the one that can do it right, I just run a red light. July the 4th, it's time to celebrate, right? It's time to rejoice over the fact that we've been given freedom from heaven. To step into our identity. Amen. To be who God says we are. To accept the fact that we're being made. And that every time I disobeyed God. And fear came. In the form of shame. Or guilt. Or self-protection. 
self-promotion or introspection, whatever it is that you're dealing with right now because you've been disobedient, God's not bothered by the disobedience. Pastor Lowe, be careful. No, he knows it's going to work something good out. Dathan will tell you that Daddy did what Daddy needed to do to get his attention. And I know my son loves me. I know Dathan loves his daddy. His, ask Tammy, she'll tell you. Dathan loves his daddy. Not that he don't love her. He loves her too, but and she whoops him more than I do. He's still getting whoopings from her. <laughs> but you know something? Those times that me and him met in the name of Jesus didn't turn him off from his relationship with his daddy connected him with me. And he knows more about my heart today than he ever would know had I not been able to and willing to go there with him. Thank you, folks, for letting me tell him that. His future is bright. You watch. Not because he's my biological son. He's daddy's, our daddy's son, just like you are. And I've made up my mind that if you're in the lane that I'm in, I want to be great. But I know for me to be great for daddy is to make you great, to serve you in a, in a place where I'm being transparent and honest. Look, guest, everybody wants a place where they feel safe. Everybody wants to get connected to a place that's called a safe house, that we do messy church. Things can get stinky. And we might leave a diaper where we shouldn't leave it. But God's right in the mix. And he don't throw any of his babies out with the diapers. He loves us. And it's good to know we can get real with one another and be honest about where we are, where we dropped the ball and the mistakes we made. Because if you can go there, you're going to make someone great. I got to say that again. If you can get honest and tell the truth about where you are and let them see the ugly that's going on and be real, you're going to make somebody great. But if you're putting a mask on because the enemy's got you self-promoting yourself and self-protecting yourself because <laughs> you got to work hard to get God's approval. You can't make anyone great like that. You can only be used by the enemy as his pawn to cause them to put a religious mask on. It's okay to do messy church. It's okay to be real. Why? Because I need mercy. I need mercy every waking day. And if I know that I need mercy, well, you can just bring your garbage and your stuff and your pain and your trouble and just, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll work through it together. And I'm going to tell you everything God's telling me about how precious you are because he don't talk negative about you. God, point out what's wrong with you. All my daddy ever talks to me about is what's right about you. So why are you looking at what's wrong about you? Who's telling you all that that's bad about you? Single eye. Single eye. We're doing spiritual warfare here right now. 
Single eye. We're putting the enemy, tucking his tail. He's about to run seven different ways. Father, I thank you for an endowment right now in the spirit of knowing that you're with everyone that's in this room. That they're convinced today that they are not stuck. That their best days are right in front of them right now in this specific moment, starting now. 